Here goes Jefferson. Here goes Jackson. Here comes Devereaux. Metemano! Oh, excuse me. I couldn't help but notice that you two groups of people are about to start killing each other. And I was wondering if you could please just wait on that until we could get off the train. Sit down, bitch. Yeah, bitch, sit down. Are you going to let him get away with that? Wait a minute. I was kidding. Uh, that was really rude. Uh, take it back. Apologize. Go ahead, stay out of this. He called you a bitch. Brad, shut up. Hey, listen to the bitch, Brad. Watch your mouth, you big city scum sucker. You just can't keep your foot out your mouth, can you, boy? Let me help. Don't fuck with the lords of hell. Don't fuck with the babysitter. Welcome to So What's the Problem, where we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and today we're talking about Adventures in Babysitting, which was released on the 4th of July 1987 in the US, and the 19th of February 1988, that's a big week, in the UK and Ireland. It was written by David Simpkins and directed by Chris Columbus. It stars Elizabeth Shue, Maya Bruton, um, Keith Coogan, Anthony Rapp, Penelope Ann Miller, uh, and Vincent D'Onofrio and I forgot Bradley Whitford he's in there Jimmy and I have uh, each thought of three problems the movie has and we'll discuss them we also each have a positive and uh, in the past we have not done descriptions of the movies and somebody suggested we do so I'm going to read a description of this movie <laughs> Uh, 17 year old Chris gets let down by her stupid boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I added the stupid on their anniversary when he ditches her. So she takes a babysitting gig to look after a preteen girl who is a fan of Marvel's Thor, along with the girl's older brother and his horny best friend. The group gets trapped in the big city and must go home before the parents do. Yeah. What's your history with this movie? I don't have one. Um, Okay. I, I can't remember when I saw it. It's one of those ones where I know I've seen it. I'm pretty sure I watched it on TV when it was the edited for TV version, which is on Disney Plus right now, folks, if you want to watch that. I think that's the first time I ever saw it was when it was on maybe 7 o'clock, probably on a bike holiday Monday uh, on BBC One. That's probably it. So it must have been about, what, 1991, I imagine. Uh, and my cat's ripping up my carpet. Stop it, you bitch! What's your history? Um... My dad and I used to rent movies about once a week, and one time we were at the video store, and I, re- I vividly remember the uh, cardboard standee mm. for this movie at the video store, and I guess it caught my eye, and so my dad and I rented the movie, mm. and I was probably about eight or so, and uh, we loved it, and we kept renting it. Like, we rented it multiple times and my mom never really watched movies with us right so she was kind of in and out of the room and she would see a little bit here and there and then one day she actually watched a bunch of it 
and she thought it was really inappropriate for me. <laughs> and and I only remember this because we talked about it today at brunch. Mm. Um, and she said that she wanted to say i couldn't watch it but it was too late because we'd already rented it a million times yeah. so she said i wasn't allowed to rent it again for a while but every time it was on tv my dad and i would watch it and he was obsessed with like no one leaves unless you until you sing the blues yeah he loves it he my it was for me and my dad we watched a lot of movies together but this was like the movie in nice. fact i almost asked him if he'd watch it with me this week oh <laughs> So your mum has actually seen the movie, but just in like bits. So if she kept walking yeah. in a certain bit, she would have seen the entire movie over the over the space of whatever. Yeah, she never watched movies with us. So like she would walk in and out. The, like she would be sitting at the like our dining room table. You can see into the living room where the TV is, and she'd be in the dining room like doing bills or something. Mm. And then all of a sudden, she would hear something said on Clerks or Pulp Fiction. And she'd be like, what are you watching? <laughs> and it was like, she she would be shocked, but it was it was too late. Yeah. It was, it was too late for me. It was like, she found out at work that a lot of her coworkers didn't let their kids, their little kids watch um, The Simpsons or Married with Children. Yeah. And she tried to say I couldn't watch them, but it was it was way too late. And I would I would do my homework in the living room and say casually to my dad, "Oh, Dad, did you know Married with Children is on?" And he would turn it on because he liked it too. Yeah. And then that's how I would watch it. Is I would I would be like, "Well, I'm just in the room," and my mom gave up. <laughs> she didn't want me to watch these things, and and it's but it didn't have I don't think it had any effect on me, which is why I don't care if Xander watches. Uh, movies like Scream or Halloween mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, like I tried to get him to watch this with me, and then the first time I heard the word homo, I decided I was glad he didn't watch it with me. Yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't as bad as a lot of movies I saw when I was a kid, as far as content. I tried to make him watch uh, Bill and Ted with me once, and uh, they said the uh, bad F word yeah. too many times, and I was like, I'm glad he's not interested in this. Mm -hmm. So what's your first problem? Okay, well, first I want to read you some IMDb trivia. Yay! <laughs> so this is funny to me. When we were at brunch, you know, when we were talking about the movie, I said something to my husband about how Bradley Whitford's car in the movie, the license plate says so cool. Mm -hmm. And he was like, wait, the car in the movie or Bradley Whitford's car? And I was like, the car in the movie. <laughs> but then the first piece of IMDb trivia on IMDb says... Bradley Whitford was allowed to use his own Camaro for the movie. It has the license plate so cool. The actual license plate Bradley had on his car. So that guy actually had that douchey yeah. license plate. Well, so they say. <laughs> so they say. As, can, someone could just have put that on IMDb, but I'd like to think it's true. Well, if anybody put it on IMDb, it was probably Josh Molina, because he <laughs> probably. likes to make fun of him all the time. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway... My first problem is obviously Thor is a homo. Um, yeah. Use the word homo. I mean, homo's not great, but it's still better than the F word. Well, we have the same first problem then. Yeah, I figured. I figured. Um, but Thor is a homo. It's that's, you know, obviously pisses me off. And then, but the other element to that is wondering what did young Anthony Rapp think mm -hmm. about this yeah. when he's doing this movie? Because he was gay. Mm hmm. And it also didn't connect to me. I mean, it's connected to me before, but I forgot. It didn't connect to me until a couple minutes ago. Like, Chris Columbus directed him in Rent. Mm, yeah. Which is a very different character. Um, uh, Ma but yeah. Maya Britton is um, a lesbian. Oh, really? Yeah. 
I like. I don't like to say she grew up to be a lesbian, but she as she's as an adult, she's an open, um, openly gay woman who has two adopted kids with her, her um, partner. So nice. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say is this is the first time I ever heard of Thor, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was years before I knew if Thor was real or just made up for the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I don't know if it was for me because during the sixties, I think, or seventies, there was these Marvel cartoons that were really badly animated, it was just like cutouts. Um, mm-hmm. so they were very awful but our local shop where we used to live um used to rent out vhs tapes and they had a bunch of these marvel ones and i one of them was for one of them was iron man and one of them was a Kerbal hulk thing fresh no no iron man Kerbal hulk um and they were garbage but i can't remember if i saw them first before i saw this movie or not but i think yeah i'm not 100 percent sure if I knew of four, but... I, so, what's your problem? Uh, well, the, the way I've worded the, the first problem is using homo as an insult and then giving a sh- or giving a shit that a fictional character is called a homo. Mm-hmm. Um, in the TV version... Thor wouldn't take offense to it. No. At least not the movie version. No, no, no. No, exactly. He would probably embrace it. <laughs> the TV version that is currently on Disney+, Plus. They say weirdo. Oh, that's better. It does, actually. It does. It is better. And it makes more sense to me. Some some might disagree with me, but I don't mind that kind of censorship. I mean, on on Disney, it's like, I think what's worse about the word homo being there is not so much the offensiveness of it, but teaching kids. The word. The word. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's on Disney. Mm-hmm. Then why the fuck is his adventures and babysitting on Disney Plus in the first place? You know, it should be on Hulu or over here. We've got Star, um, which is on, it's still on Disney Plus, but it's all for like the older movies and it's got a lot of the Fox stuff and all that, like Deadpool's on there and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. but not just not just Marvel. It's like Die Hard's on there, stuff like that. Your Disney Plus is very different from our Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's completely different. We don't have Hulu. So. Ours, I, I was shocked that The Adventures of Babysitting was on ours, because mm-hmm. ours is incredibly family-friendly, mm-hmm. and they only recently put up kids' profiles and adult profiles, yeah. because they put those Netflix um, Marvel shows on, mm-hmm. and Jessica Jones is definitely not something you want your little kid to watch. No, definitely not, but those are on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so they only like that's that's the bad content they have on there for kids, but they don't have other bad content. And I'm wondering, like, I'm like, why at this point don't they just uncensor some things and put them on the adult profile? That it would have made more sense if they put all the Netflix stuff onto Hulu in the US, and then on Star over here in Disney Plus. That would have made sense to me, but I don't know. yeah. Anyway. What is your second problem? Uh, when they're leaving to go to the city, she lists all these reasons. What Chris lists all these reasons, all these things she's going to do to them if the parents find out. Yeah. And Anthony Rapp's character goes rape. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Very hopefully, and it bothers me for two reasons. One, we don't joke about rape. No. 
that's not funny. But second of all, I cannot handle a joke like that that doesn't make sense. Because the thing is, the way he says it, he clearly wants her to rape him, which means it wouldn't be rape. Mm -hmm. So it just doesn't make sense to me. Exactly, yeah. It would be consensual, you fucking idiot. (laughs) When I was at college, we had, like, every year they would have this big concert that usually had a stand-up there. Mm -hmm. And one year, Damon Wayans was there. And he he told a lot of offensive jokes, but one that really bugged me was he was talking about how uh, he hopes they never make Viagra for gay men and then making jokes about gay men trying to fuck him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that really pissed me off because not only is it offensive, but it doesn't make sense because gay men can just use Viagra. It's not like Viagra is only for straight men. And I was like, that joke doesn't even make sense. No, that's what I put in the synopsis. He's a horny little bastard. Yeah, And uh, this just going to go straight into my second problem. And I was just going to say, Daryl, but I can't stand Brenda either, so I'm actually just going to say the best friends. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. I don't like Brenda. Brenda annoys me. And she's a terrible, terrible friend. <laughs> That's the part of the movie I don't like. Because it also, it, it doesn't sort of put like homeless people in a flattering light either mm-hmm. her storyline it's not very good uh, but I did forget that Penelope Ann Miller was in this, I forgot it was hardly Brenda, and even the movie doesn't give a fuck about Brenda, because as soon as they get back to the house, they're like right, bye Brenda, and Slut shuts the door on her mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, even they don't care she's just a plot device she is, that's all she is but they focus on her far too much, because mm-hmm. all the all the stuff with her at the at the, was it, airport? Bus station? It's a bus station. Bus station. Everything that happens at the bus station is just... Well, the reason I think it's necessary is to remind us why they're heading into the city, because I do constantly forget why they're going there throughout the movie. I'm like, why are they doing this? Maybe that helps you. (laughs) I'm guessing that's why it's theirs. No, that's, I I imagine that's probably to help the viewer. Yeah. But just come up with a different reason. You don't need the, the useless, annoying best friend. And Daryl is also that. But some of his dialogue, and the way he just fucking laughs at everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hated him. I hated him. And enough, I mean, he's he's the same way the entire way through the movie. And nothing changes. He doesn't learn any lessons. Um, but one of the biggest thing, I've, biggest problems with them I have, apart from the use of the rape thing, um, is when they're on the, they're on the train and the two gangs are, they're in the middle of the two gangs. And one of the gang members says, sit down, bitch, mm-hmm. to, to Chris. And Daryl says to Brad, are you going to let them get away with that? And then Brad stands up and walks out of frame. And then just then, Daryl says, I was kidding. No, you weren't, you fucking shit-stirring little prick. <laughs> you wanted them to stand up. That's what you wanted yeah. them to do. Urgh, just fucking annoyed me. But hey, I don't hate this movie, though, to be fair. <laughs> he, uh... Anthony Rapp is one of those people that it was so weird to me, like, this is this was my introduction to him. Mm-hmm. And so I so associated him with this character mm-hmm. that, like, when I found out he was doing Rent and was gay and stuff, mm-hmm. I was like, 
it kind of blew my mind. It's kind of like when people watch Neil Patrick Harris in the Harold and Kumar movies and on How I Met Your Mother and then they found out he was gay. It was like kind of shocking. Yeah. yeah. Which just shows how much we stereotype people. They're acting. Exactly. They're actors. They play th- characters that are not like them. Yeah. But it's still, this was what I always associated Anthony Rapp with. Yeah. Until, until Rent. I've never seen the I've never seen the play, so I actually like the movie. I've, <laughs> a lot I've, of people hate the movie. I've seen neither, so um, but I I know him from this, and then I didn't know him again until the Kevin Spacey accusations. Oh, really? So yeah, <laughs> he was in. I want to say he was in Road Trip. No, don't know. He must. I mean, he might have been, but I haven't seen it. But uh, but the yeah Kevin Spacey accusations, and then he's in. Star Trek Discovery, and I watched the first mm-hmm. season of Star Trek. Star Trek Discovery, so I, I know him from that as well. But yeah, apart from that, it was like a big huge gap from mm-hmm. my uh, Anthony Rapp knowledge. Uh, but yeah, he's primarily a like a a stage play kind of guy. Anyway. Yeah, he's a Broadway guy. Yeah, Broadway guy. I mean, he was doing that before he was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is why I'm surprised he didn't sing more in the, the blues thing, the blues scene. Yeah. He would have thought it would have got him to sing more. Uh, but, yeah. And shout out to him for coming forward with the Kevin Spacey stuff. That's It's hard enough um, for people to come forward with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think, in a way, it's harder for men. Absolutely. And Kevin Spacey is a pretty pretty high-profile guy. Like, one of the more high-profile guys to be taken down. Yeah. So... You know, good for him. Yeah. Kevin Spacey's defense of the accusations was, I'm gay. So fuck Kevin Spacey. Fuck Kevin Spacey. Because for years he denied he was like, he did. He was like, I'm not going to come out. Yeah. Like, I mean, he didn't say it that much, but he was kind of like Jodie Foster where it was like, it's no one's business. I'm never going to do that. But just so to, come out, to use coming out as like a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck him. Oh, that's so gross. Yeah. Nah. Nah. They. I mean, even even if some of the accusations aren't true, he still just kind of showed himself to be a fucking dickhead anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, fuck him. Anyway, what is... This has become a heavy, heavy episode. <laughs> Although, to say that, I say that, there is a teenage runaway sex worker in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's quite heavy anyway. And this movie's in Disney Plus, and her scene is in that, is in the Disney Plus version. <laughs> Uh, so what is your next problem? Um, so Brenda has her glasses stolen. And there's a point where she sees the woman who stole them sleeping on the steps and she goes to take them. But like, if her vision's so bad, how did she see that the woman had her glasses? Exactly. Yeah. For for some reason, that really, really annoyed me. Like, yeah. she shouldn't have been able to tell the woman how to... I was glad she got her glasses back, but yeah. she shouldn't have been able to tell the woman how to glasses. But what annoyed me is what happened after when she t- took the glasses and the, the, the comedic homeless woman was shouting thief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hilarious. Anyway. <laughs> um, I don't know what to put for my third problem because I've got a lot of stuff here I wanted to say, right? <laughs> But okay. I was going to say that the Thor thing, the the, the whole Thor storyline, just I didn't like it. Oh really? Yeah. But then I thought about it, and I don't really care. So okay. my third problem is when 
after the the train scene where Brad gets his gets the the, the flick knife into his embedded into his shoe into his foot, mm-hmm. they go to hospital, and Brad is lying on a gurney, and his foot is right up at the screen. Just this mm-hmm. bare foot right up at the screen. I wanted to vomit because I hate bare feet. I mean, so I guess you fine. don't watch a lot of Tarantino movies, then. I do not. But I, see, I do, but, I mean, with Tarantino movies, I kind of expect it, so I just look away. But I haven't mm. seen Death Proof. And apparently there's, like, lingering mm. shots of feet in that one, so I'm quite happy yeah, I haven't. But there I, are. I hate bare feet. I can't, I can't look at them. Death so. Proof is my favourite Tarantino movie, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, fair enough. I haven't seen it, so I can't judge it. So, fair enough. I'm not going to watch it. Because there are a lot of feet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the scene in Kill Bill when she's wiggling her toes. And she has hairy toes. Which is fair enough. But, you know, if you're a famous woman, a famous person, why would you want to show your hairy toes off? (laughs) You know? I never noticed. Some of those things a little. Um, anyway. Yeah, so that's my third problem. But I did have, I did have the Thor thing. But then I was like, mm-hmm. that's fine, it's alright. Mm-hmm. Because at the time I didn't really know who Thor was. I don't think, can't remember. Because I was more of a like a Ghost Rider or a Punisher type kid. Mm-hmm. I love reading those comics. I never read Thor. Uh, so, what is your positive? My positive. Well, I. I... I have one positive, but then I want to say something else, too. Of course. Kind of. The first thing I'm going to say is I love the carjacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really nice. Like, he's their protector. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, a lot of the people they come across in this movie are just really nice. Yeah. There's just some really nice people. Even, even the guy, the tow truck guy, who, like, clearly has some anger issues, he's really nice to them. He's nice to the kids, he- yeah. And and he takes care of the windshield and everything. Like he, even though he's having quite the night, he still takes care of their car. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the carjacker, I really really like that character. I'd kind of forgotten about him, and he was in a lot more than I than I thought. Yeah, same here actually. Yeah, I forgot he was in this movie. Yeah. And it, I don't know. He made me really happy. I really liked him. But my real positive is, um, <clears throat> I love. Uh, Sarah, I had to make sure I had the name right. Sarah, um, you know, she's eight years old. She's obsessed with Thor. She's tough as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, there are points in the movie where she's like, I'm going to protect you. Yeah. And I was around that age when I saw the movie. And I I do think that it had an effect on me. Like, it was really cool seeing a girl my age who's that tough. And, um, and that she liked Thor because I was very much a kid that, bought into the whole like barbies are for girls Mm -hmm. gi joe's for boys like the gendered toys yeah and stuff like that and it was cool to see like i like i didn't watch like the x-men show or anything like i didn't go so far as to do that but i did like you know the superman movies and the batman movies Mm -hmm. and it kind of felt like it was giving me the okay to be a girl that likes superheroes yeah and and i hate that i i don't know why i bought into that stuff so much but i did and i hate that because i mean i think my mom did it too because she bought me toys she liked Mm -hmm. so like i'd ask for transformers but she didn't care about transformers but she liked care bears so she'd buy me a care bear or strawberry shortcake or whatever Mm -hmm. so i guess it is partially her fault um yeah because transformers 
sorry, Transformers toys are cool. They are cool. And I was a kid that, like, occasionally I wanted something like that. And I guess since my mom didn't buy them for me, I kind of assumed, oh, well, those are boy things. They're not girl things. Mm. So Sarah, Sarah loving Thor and being so tough was, uh, I just, I really love that because that's not a kind of character you get a lot in the 80s. No, that's you know? true. No, it's, it's, it is good. I do like her character. She's, I think probably my favourite character in the whole movie. I'm surprised that you didn't have the forced relationship as one of your problems. What do you mean? Well, like, you say that every movie doesn't have to have, like, a a love interest in it. And then, Mm -hmm. like, an hour into this movie, they introduce a love interest uh, to Chris. Yeah. I one of the reasons I don't mind that is because her boyfriend's a dick and I think it's important for like because I've seen this in real life with friends Mm -hmm. like they'll be with someone who is just awful and treats them awful and is clearly a bad person and a lot of times they don't realize how awful they are until they meet someone really nice Mm -hmm. And so I think I don't have a problem with it because it's like she needs to see what a douchebag her boyfriend is. So, and she deserves someone nice. I don't mind it so much in this movie. I'd forgotten about it, but I am like, yeah, I just don't see the point in it. I just don't know why he's there because she finds out about Bradley Whitford's character by seeing his car parked outside the, the place. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But I think, I think it is the kind of movie thing where it's like, she they want her to well i mean there is the problem where they always want the lead character Mm. to end up with someone but it's also like she went through all this shit with her boyfriend and he was awful to her and like that they give us the happy ending of like the promise that she might have found somebody somebody better i don't know we don't have i know i get that but we don't really have to see that yeah, yeah, I just didn't have a problem with it. It didn't it didn't bug me. Um it bugs me more when I'm watching like an action movie or a horror movie or something like that mm-hmm. with um with unnecessary love interests when it's something like cuz this I I think this technically counts as a teen movie. It's a um, teen movie, but it's not a romantic mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah, but when it comes to teen movies, I don't care. Mm. I, I feel like it's it's more of a trope there, but it's also like, I mean, I may not necessarily want it, but that is something a lot of teens want. Like, look at how popular things like Twilight are, or what a big deal people made about the the guys in uh, Hunger Games and which one she should be with, which yeah. I didn't care about. But like, I, I get that that is actually a thing that teens care about. But my problem with it, and I don't even really have a problem with it, but just the, the, it's just his late introduction. You, you know me in late introductions in movies. It's like, yeah. you know, at least have the character appear earlier or something. Or, you know, it, it just seemed a bit sort of... And now here's love interest. He's gone. He's back again. The end. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. My only problem with it would be he's a little too old for her. How old is he supposed to be? He's in college. I don't know, so... but college guys going after high school girls bug. Right. The only exception is if, like, say you're a senior in high school and you start dating a junior, like, a couple like that staying together where one's in college and one's in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, that that I get, but college is such a different thing place from high school. Uh, that bugs me. I mean, I don't know 
what grade he was or what grade what year he was supposed to be in like if he was a freshman it's not so bad to me yeah but otherwise it's uh i don't like that but but the thing that helps is elizabeth shoe looks old Mm-hmm. Um, so they look about the same age. It's, so it the same it's age, not yeah. as gross yeah. as as it would be in a lot of circumstances for me. Well, Whitney, have you seen the have you seen the um the remake, the Disney Channel remake? No, right. That it's two teenage girls who I think they're both seventeen who do the babysitting thing and everything happens. All different shenanigans happen, but it's mm-hmm. two teenage girls, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them. Start at the end of the movie is starting a relationship with the police officer who helps him. Oh my god! During the night, um, so he's a young police officer, obviously, but he's still going to be about mm. what twenty, twenty one yeah. maybe, and she's supposed to be about sixteen, seventeen, I think. Mm. But yeah, Disney are trying to indoctrinate our kids with fucking gay and trans subplots. Sure, why not? When they announced that, um remake i was like i have no interest because it's disney so it's going to be watered down like, yeah it's not going to be anything like this but it stars sabrina carpenter and i really like her so i have thought about watching it yeah i i liked girl meets world <laughs> i did too like that's where that's where i know her from and yeah. i really that show was delightful it was it was really delightful I- out of all the like reboots and stuff, that one's one of my favorites, and I was so bummed it got canceled because it was it was a sweet show. Yeah, it's, you know, usually watching a kid show like that, I wouldn't be able to handle. Like, um, Fuller House, I was like, okay, Full House was fine when I was a kid, but I'm not into this shit now. Yeah, but Girl Meets World worked for me, so yeah, there was fun. just enough fan service in that. I mean. Mm-hmm. The- I mean, the parents were according to Panga, but it's still sort of every now and then. I'm blanking the names from Boy Meets World, and I love Boy Meets World. Sean. Every now and then, Sean would turn up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would make... and that teacher that disappeared showed up. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. And the brother was like a was he a governor or senator or something? Oh, Eric. Yeah. I can't remember, but I feel like he became he became a politician. I can't did. remember what it was, but let's say for the sake of my story that it was governor. Yeah, and um, we Dylan didn't watch Girl Meets World with me, but he had I guess been in the room when that storyline was going on, and we were at a convention, and he saw Will Friedel, and he was like, "I dare you to go up and just say governor, and then walk away." And I almost <laughs> did it. <laughs> I almost did it, but I decided not to. I uh, I just I just hate what. The original show did to Eric, mm-hmm. um, because yeah. like seasons one, two, and possibly three, seasons one and two of uh, Boy Meets World, Eric wasn't a fucking idiot. He was a horny teenage boy, and then they just wrote him to be the comedy relief stupid idiot brother sidekick type thing. They do that a lot on TV, and it's yeah. crazy. They did it on with Kevin on The American Office. And they did it with, um, the other big one I can think of was, God, I just had it. What was it? Oh, Joey on Friends. Yeah. Joey wasn't, Joey was not, he was naive in, in mm-hmm. certain aspects of life, but then he was quite street smart in others, but mm-hmm. then he just became an idiot. And yeah. And they made Phoebe meaner. And that's another thing they do is like as as the show goes on through the seasons, characters become meaner. Like you see that on Seinfeld with Elaine. 
I mean, they all get, they're all pretty mean by the end. Mm-hmm. That's why I like the last episode because they get what they deserve. Yeah. But Elaine was so much nicer in the beginning. And by the end, she was such a bitch. Well, the thing with Phoebe is, I, th- I used to like Phoebe, mm-hmm. but then they turned her into a character who you could easily believe would shank one of her best friends. Yeah. If she, ha- if she felt as though she had to. And that's not, <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I she just gets so mean. I don't know why people like her anymore. Yeah, because there was a certain point, maybe about ten years ago, where Dylan and I were watching it, and we're just like, Phoebe's mean. Mm. She's just mean. Yeah, yeah, she becomes quite nasty as the series yeah. goes on. And so, I mean, and uh, Ross becomes crazy. Yeah, Ross is toxic. Yeah, like one of the most toxic men that has ever been on TV. But that's the thing when you have a show that goes on for ten seasons, though, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like you have to make the characters go somewhere. But then, yeah. But then they change Joey again for his spinoff. He's yeah. not as stupid in the spinoff. Mm-hmm. Um, he and he's back to being an aspiring actor, who, you know. But then, he became quite sort of popular in Friends as an actor. But then, and mm-hmm. Joey, he's a nothing again. It's, TV's fucking weird. <laughs> my, I washed my hair before I recorded, and I'm afraid that the headphones are going to give me right weird hair. So yeah. that's why I keep messing with it. <laughs> uh, what's your positive? I'm going to have to see the soundtrack, because I really enjoyed the soundtrack. <laughs> All right. Right, so this is the first episode of Year 3, and I've said mm-hmm. this, the soundtrack already. Mm-hmm. So let's see how long I can go without saying the soundtrack again, okay? Okay. Right. So episode one of year three. So let's see how far I can go. But I just like the soundtrack. I just like the songs. I even like uh, Just Can't Stop by Percy Sledge, which is written for the movie. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. Just can't, Because the lyrics are, just can't stop holding on to you or something like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, who's singing this? Which character is this supposed to be? You know what I mean? Because songs are supposed to mm-hmm. be for a certain character. But anyway, the, the the music score was done by Michael Kamen, who in the same year wrote the music for Lethal Weapon. Oh, nice. Which we've covered. Uh, and also they have used, this movie uses uh, Give Me Shelter by Rolling Stones, and that's always a big bonus mm-hmm. in my book. Yeah, I was I surprised to hear song. that. Yeah, so was that. Do you know the story about the the female singer in that song and what happened to her? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's well, a... I guess now I have now I have to say it because I brought it up. Right? Yeah, you have to say it. That she they recorded the song and she was singing like she was going so hard with her singing. Yeah, and putting so much effort into it that she miscarried the next day. Yeah, what was the lyric she was singing, Jed? I can't, I can't remember. She's singing rape murder. Oh, rape murder! Rape murder is just a shot away. Yeah, when she hits the high notes, it's uh, rape murder. She mm-hmm. sings, and that, and also the story behind that as well is that uh, Mick Jagger didn't want a female backing singer. Well, not he didn't want a backing singer. He didn't want anyone else singing it. But he changed his mind when he heard her sing, mm-hmm. and then when she's she hits that high note, you can mm-hmm. actually hear him shout. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, because he loves it so much. Um, do it again. Yeah, it's an amazing song. But anyway, that's my that's my 
uh, positive is the bloody soundtrack. Can I say one more thing about the carjacker? Yeah. Um, it just occurred to me, like, one of the things I really like about him is the casting so perfect because he has such a kind face. Mm-hmm. He does. Like, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just like, this guy has such a nice face. <laughs> and the casting's just so perfect because you, even though he, like, stole the car, yeah, you do trust him immediately. Like, you trust he's not going to hurt these yeah. kids. And I, I appreciate that, especially because like, and especially when he punches the guy at the end and it's like, you know, he's going to get in huge trouble for that. Yeah, no. Like he's taken some big risks for these kids tonight. And, uh, I just, I was quite taken with that character. You know how I usually don't like, like just spontaneous musical numbers in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, this one didn't bother me because yeah. it was part of the plot really, because it, it bought mm-hmm. the kids some time. So I, yeah. I quite like that. Uh, and it's it's believable, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there be a lot of times if somebody's forced to sing or, like, make up a song or whatever, like, it, it doesn't feel natural. Mm-hmm. But, like, because it's the blues and it's kind of a standard thing, like, rhythm or whatever, like, it, the whole thing really works. Yeah. And it, it shouldn't, I, it doesn't feel like it should work, but it really, really does. It does. Um, yeah. Is Bradley Whitford supposed to be a high schooler? Yeah, you know, this is the first time I've watched it and been like, oh, he's supposed to be in high school probably, right? Is like, he? I, I, if he's not in high school, he must be a freshman. Because, like, they talk about how, Daryl talks about how he beat him up for touching his car. True. And also, Bradley Whitford's character also says that he has to babysit his his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents have made them. And that's, that is something like a a teenager would say because they're yeah. still living under your parents' roof and you have to, you know what I mean? But yeah, he's, 20, so... he's 28 years old and looks 28 years old. <laughs> yeah, I, I always assumed he was older, but then watching it this time was the first time I realized, oh, he's in high school. Yeah, well, can't speak to me. Um, yeah. So, that's everything I have to say. So, next time, Jen, next week, we are going to back way 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 back into the 1970s and we're going to cover our very first bond movie we're, are you shitting me no we're going to do live and let die from 1973 do you know about <laughs> me and bond movies no <laughs> i have seen one james bond movie and it was daniel craig yeah but we're doing bond and when I watched the Daniel Craig one, I almost didn't watch it because there was something about the fact that I'd somehow managed to never watch one that I was proud of. So, which 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 Bond is this? Uh, Roger Moore. It's his first okay. movie. Okay. Live and Let Die from 1973. I just realized I need to write myself a note because I will not remember which one it is. <laughs> All right. I did not expect that. <laughs> this is going to be a... This is going to... There's something about, like, that being, I mean, it's such a giant franchise, you know? Uh, you don't and have it's, to, it's just like, no, you don't have to know it. Well, no, 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 it's not that. It's just that it's such a giant franchise and, like, that I managed to go so long without seeing one. It's always, it's always weird to me, the idea of watching a James Bond movie. Uh, I get you. My grandpa's name was James Bond and mm-hmm. he hated the James Bond movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll get into that next week. Uh, so the email address is contact shiftthebench.co.uk is the website and you can follow me on twitter at drop pilot pod where people follow you online jen at pilot inspectors on twitter 
Excellent. So thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.